Thank you, Dave, for that worship. Jesus at the centre of it all. Pretty much want is uh, where I'm going with this this morning. We're in Advent on that Christmas run up. We've only got a couple of weeks left. It's that time of year when families sit around watching endless reruns of Christmas films. Stuff our faces with loads of food and dig out those uh, board games from the cupboard dust them off they haven't been played all year anybody here play Scrabble? a few, good, I'm not the only one anybody play on a real board? it's all pretty much gone digital I've got an app on my phone that I get out and play when I'm bored on my own sad I know but if you play Scrabble, you, you know the challenge, don't you? That when you've got... Oh, is that me? When you've got really good letters and you've got a really good word lined up and uh, you're looking at your word and you're looking at the board, looking at your word, looking at the board and you just can't see where you can lay that word down, can you? And you think, mm, I can't lay it down, I'm going to have to break up my letters so you break up your letters and you're having to sacrifice, make choice to, to lay them somewhere where it's not quite the best. Now, being a writer, I love words. I, I love the way you can create something out of just stringing a few words together, be it a story, a song, a poem, a novel. And those first words set the tone for all that follows imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try you'll recognise the the sentiment and the words of what John Lennon was trying to convey okay maybe not the best theme but you you recognise it a long long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile Don McLean's American Pie I would sing it, but those that are keen-eyed would notice that Claire never lets me anywhere near the worship band. Now, there's a reason for that. Okay. Um, I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats over vales and hills when all at once I saw a crowd. Wordsworth, daffodils. How about this one? In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. All those beginnings are memorable. And so it is with the beginning of John's Gospel, where he sets the tone for what and who he wants us to identify with. He wants to tell the greatest story ever told about the greatest person that ever existed. And so he starts by making sure he identifies his iconic character right from the start. He wants to tell us in his very opening words who Jesus is. 
And so he begins this opening. And the rest of, rest of the gospel is an expansion of that very first sentence, that very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This word, this logos, to to use the Greek translation, is immediately identified with Christ Jesus. And the Amplified Version puts it like this. In the beginning, before all time, was the word Christ. And the word was with God. And the word was God himself. So what's this got to do with Scrabble? Well, on a standard Scrabble board, you start in the centre square. Um, it's a double word square. If you're the, the initial player, if their seven letters are good enough and they can make a long enough word, can also stretch it across a double letter square. So your first word can be fairly decent score. That first word laid down doesn't have to compete with the thoughts and ideas of other players. That first word is pure and undefiled. That first word sets the tone for all that follows. That first word dictates all that comes afterwards. Everybody else has to fit in and conform to that very first word on the board. And when you're looking at your letters, for all all of us that we're playing that game, when we're looking at our letters, we have to make a decision. Do we lay it down? Do we lay it there? Do we lay it there? Sometimes our decisions are good. Sometimes they're not so good. Now, if God was playing Scrabble, that first word laid down would be Jesus. It's nicely in the middle, stretches across that double letter square. Not that God needs the points. But it's core. It gives birth to every other word on the board. It's there throughout the game. So it's there at the beginning. It's there throughout the game. And when all the other letters are taken off, it's still there at the end. If God was playing Scrabble without inviting us in to play with him we would have words on the board like love joy grace friend family peace life but God's Scrabble board doesn't come with that empty square in the middle when God starts his Scrabble game that word is already in place that name Jesus is already in the middle it's there intentionally at the beginning now John emphasises this point in verse 2 he meaning Jesus was with God in the beginning by using the phrase in the beginning John is purposely pointing us back to the beginning of scripture to that first book of the Bible, to Genesis, where it's stating that God created 
everything in the beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. God created everything. And now John's saying that Jesus is God. Jesus was there at the beginning. Not created at the beginning, but there, part of the process. Jesus was there. Jesus was the Word. The Word was there at the beginning. So if this Word was there at the beginning, how is he here now? John goes on to start his narrative about Jesus' life on earth in verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this almighty being, whom John has already identified as God, he says came to earth and lived among us. The remainder of John's gospel and the other gospels are all testament to eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life from the moment of his birth right through to his death on the cross. Now, if you haven't read the Gospels, I really recommend that you pick them up and study the life of this man whom we as Jesus call Lord. Now we're in Advent. So it would be really easy to get distracted by majoring on the birth of Jesus, that miraculous birth. But my title for this talk is The Eternal Word. Yes, Jesus was born as a man, this baby boy in Bethlehem, in a miraculous virgin birth. He lived, he breathed, he taught, he healed, he was controversial in every area of his ministry, and he died, executed by those who refused to accept, who refused to believe that he was the God John proclaimed him to be in verse 1. So Jesus died and he was buried. So how is he the eternal word? You see, you can't kill that which was there at the beginning. You can take all the the other letters off the board, but the name of Jesus was imprinted in the middle. It was there at the beginning. Now, to prove it, Jesus came back three days later. And then he hung about for a bit, revealing himself to hundreds of people before finally going back to be with his Father in heaven. Now, when he came back, he didn't come back as some sort of ghostly spirit. People touched him. He was seen to eat and drink. He engaged people in conversation. You see, Jesus isn't dead. He had a miraculous conception to be born an ordinary birth. And he died an ordinary death to reveal a miraculous truth in rising again. Why? Quite simply, he did it for us. So that we could be in relationship with him. So that we could know him. So that we could know the Father through him. 
by turning and believing in him, we could have eternal life in relationship with him. That's why he did it. Turning to him means devoting our lives to him, turning our backs on those parts of our life that have no place on the board next to his name. For each of us, those words that we lay down are different. But we can spell them all the same way. Hate, lust, greed, jealousy, selfishness. The Bible calls them sin. When we lay down our sin in light of that one word in the centre of the board, when we get to the end of our game and those letters, those sins are taken off. All that remains is Jesus who has taken those sins, our sins, as his own. Now that word that was, that name that was placed above all other names was there at the beginning. So it is at the end. Revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come. The Almighty. And it's repeated again in Revelation 21. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And again in Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now you can dig up loads of different references from scripture to back this up. Don't take my word for it. Go away and look it up yourselves. Read the Bible. It's all in there. So if we're still confused as to who we're talking about, Revelation 19 talks of the warrior Jesus defeating the beast, the name written on his robe, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 13 stating that his name is the Word of God. The eternal word of God is Jesus. Jesus is God. There at the beginning and there at the end. What John is writing at the beginning of his gospel is eternal truth. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So we have this clear picture of this eternal word, this person, Jesus, who is God. Being there at the end, sorry, being there at the beginning of creation, being here with us on earth and being there at the end. Don't make the mistake in thinking that the New Testament is the only place in the Bible where it talks about Jesus. When you look at the Bible as a whole, it's all about Jesus. The Old Testament was about God and his relationship with his people, preparing the way for Jesus to make that relationship complete. The Old Testament's full of scripture about the coming Messiah, who is identified in the New Testament as Jesus. This same Jesus who leaves at the end with a promise that he will come back 
to be with his people. Now, in light of uh, Jesus being the eternal word, we're called to do a number of things. The first is to accept the word planted in us. It's okay to see that word, that name on the board. It's okay to hear that name Jesus bandied about in our homes, in our workplaces, out on the street, in our communities. It's okay to come here every Sunday and hear it talked about in church. But are we acting on it? James 1, 21 to 22. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly accept the word planted in you that can save you. So we lay down our words in relation to the one central word, Jesus. Our words are expected to point towards him. We're told to tell others about the word. The parable of the sower, which is found in three of the four Gospels, tells us to go and spread the word. Jesus, when explaining to his disciples about the seed that the sower is scattering, some which falls on the path and gets eaten by birds, some which falls on rocky ground and doesn't take root, some still that gets choked by thorns, and some which does fall on good soil and bears fruit. Jesus says that that seed is the word. He wants us to be sowers of seed that is the word. He wants us to tell others the good news, the truth about who he is. Our words of love and life reflecting him and demonstrating that he is the eternal word. Now as we read on in the life of the early church, the word of God being spread became synonymous with the name of Jesus. Acts 12, 24. The word of God continued to spread and flourish. Acts 13, 49. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. This word of God being spread was seen as being alive and living in those who believed in it. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 When you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 1 Peter 1.23 For you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The eternal word of God is Jesus. He is alive and living in those who believe in him. He sends his Holy Spirit to help us 
to guide our lives, to point us towards the Father, so that we can be united with him, made perfect through him, who has taken our sins from us, and wiped clean all our duff words off the board of our lives. If you've never given thought to Jesus being alive and eternal and having come to earth for you and you want to know more about this truth that we base our faith on then make sure you speak to someone here this morning don't leave without speaking to somebody without asking somebody about more about this Jesus we're talking about he is the eternal word Maybe you're sitting here and you just want to say yes to accepting Jesus as Lord. Maybe for the first time. Or maybe because you want to reassert your faith. As I close now, I'm going to invite us all to just close our eyes. And if, if that's you, then just pray this prayer with me. Let's all close our eyes for a moment. Jesus, I want you in my life. I'm sorry for all the rubbish words, the bad decisions I've made in life. All those things that have hurt you. Please wipe the board clean and forgive me and help me to turn away from those things. Give me a fresh set of wholesome letters to lay down as I focus on you at the centre of my life. Amen.